with Dan Mullen out in Gainesville, who will replace him, which members from the current staff will be retained, and we'll talk about the Florida Gators men's basketball game versus Cal, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Happy Tuesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of of whole9sports.com. You find all of my written work getting right into the head coaching search. I got three names here that I'm going to talk about a little bit, not not super in-depth, but I'm going to talk about a little bit because we're going to look at three of the more popular names for Florida Gators head coaching candidates. Of course, everybody and their mother is being nominated for this job. I'm a little pissed that I'm not. Rude. But first up, Billy Napier. That's who I'm going to start with. He was who I was going to start with initially and then right before I started recording this. I got, you know, I, I, I saw tweet notifications and DMs of Florida's plane, as in the University of Florida's plane, has landed in Lafayette. They are meeting with Billy Napier about the possibility of him becoming the next head coach at the University of Florida. So thank you to Dylan Sanders, of course, at Dilly Sanders on Twitter. So he gave me, he was the one that first scooped it for me, and then I got the other notifications, and it's awesome. Uh, Billy Napier is the current head coach at Louisiana. They have a 38-12 and 12 record since he's been there. He's been a conference coach of the year. They've won a conference championship. They've been ranked for multiple weeks in that time. And Billy Napier is big on recruiting. He's worked with Nick Saban. He's worked with Dabo Swinney, who, of course, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a great recruiter, but he's been around those guys. He's got such an emphasis on on recruiting and he's put a big emphasis on recruiting he's gotten louisiana to put extra money into the staff so that they can have more recruiters for this program so he's fantastic and florida's got the money to make that happen florida has the money to make whatever he needs to work here happen so he is someone who i really want here he's got experience as a quarterbacks coach which is great for us with anthony richardson on the roster he's got experience as a tight ends coach which is great for us with all the young tight ends on the roster and tim brewster who we will talk about a little bit later he's got experience as a run game coordinator which is great because well we fired ours and had in uh obviously earlier this year and offensive coordinator before becoming a head coach for the first time at louisiana and finding such instant success he is the third guy that I spoke about in my top three yesterday. I did not reveal who the third guy was. It is Billy Napier because I wanted to wait for this, but he is someone that I'm really excited for. And I'm, it, again, he's someone who he's not a huge name in sports yet. He's not an everyday, like people don't know him as well as they know Lane Kiffin or as well as they know Dan Mullen or Urban Meyer or Nick Saban or whoever it may be. But Billy Napier will be that guy, and he has the opportunity to cement that legacy at the University of Florida, and he is in my top three for guys. So it's Jim Leonard, Billy Napier, and Matt Campbell in no order. Just those three are guys that I really love, really want, really like what they can do for this program. Next up is Lane Kiffin, who I've very openly been not hesitant about, but I've, I've got 
some concerns with him. Uh, he is the current Ole Miss head coach. He had stops at USC as in Southern California. I know that there's a very, a very big thing with USC being Southern California or South Carolina. Uh, only people in the South know it as South Carolina. Everyone else either calls it South Carolina or I call it SC. So USC is Southern California. He's had head coach trips to the Oakland Raiders, the Tennessee Volunteers, back to Southern California before he got fired in his fourth year there, went to Alabama to be an assistant, then became the head coach at Florida Atlantic, and then he went to Ole Miss where he's finishing his second season as head coach there. And I think the best comparison for Lane Kiffin at this point would be he's he's younger Dan Mullen with better recruiting. Um which is, it's great because Dan Mullen's a very good coach. Like I've been speaking about, it just didn't work out, but he is still the third winningest coach in terms of winning percentage in Florida history or since 1924 behind Steve Spurrier and Urban Meyer. So Dan Mullen was fantastic with his tenure. Don't get that twisted. It just went really wrong this year. And it seems that he lost the program, not just a locker room. But he see, and by the way, I don't really even want to say he lost the locker room because the locker room came out and they were like, "Hey, look, we love Dan, so why'd you get rid of him?" So there are things like that. This Florida Gators roster has been very—I don't want to say outspoken. I feel like that's usually been put with negative things, but they've they've spoken up a lot about their support for this coaching staff, who they want to keep, and whether or not they approve of Dan Mullen's firing, whatever maybe. But Lane Kiffin, he's Dan Mullen with better recruiting. He's shown a, a tendency to disappear in some big games. You could look at the Alabama game earlier this year where he came out on the microphone before the game and he went, get your popcorn ready, and then got blown to smithereens on national television. It was pretty bad. But quarterbacks will want to play for him. You look at what he did at Matt Corral. You look at what he did at FAU. He gets quarterbacks in position to succeed. He makes the offense fun for them. He makes things fun for everybody. And this is an offense that still very much runs the ball. Lane Kiffin is one of those offensive coordinators who does such a good job of being creative as a passer and creative as a runner. So I very much do like him. I just have the skepticism of he's never had a long stop someplace, whether it's because he got promoted or because he got fired. But he's either someone, seemingly, who lights it on fire or gets fired and lights it on fire in a good way. Um, but yeah, he, he, that's one of my big concerns with him too. He's never stuck around with the program. And by that, I mean, we don't know if he can maintain long-term success as a college football coach because he's never been somewhere long enough to really get his recruits on the field consistently before getting fired or before leaving for somewhere else. Dave Aranda is the final head coach. Well, I know we all know Dave Aranda or most of us do, the former LSU defensive coordinator who is now the head coach at Baylor. Love what he's been doing there. He's very renowned for his recruiting ability. He was a key recruiter for players like Christian Fulton to go to LSU, Kelvin Joseph, Tyler Shelvin, and Marcel Brooks. Uh, two of those players, of course, would later transfer, but or, well, Marcel Brooks just left because Marcel Brooks committed and Dave Randall left. And then Marcel Brooks was like, then no. Um, so so that's what happened. But Dave Randall is very renowned for his recruiting ability. He spent time at Utah State, Wisconsin, and LSU in the past decade before heading to Baylor to be the head coach. And a lot of people didn't think he would leave LSU at that time because he was getting paid pretty much like a head coach. But he did leave. He's a defensive-minded coach, and that's what really separates him from Billy Napier and Lane Kiffin. And honestly, I don't have a problem with that. I know that a lot of people are like, I don't want a defensive-minded head coach. Will Muschamp this. And it's like, well, do you want an offensive-minded head coach? Jim McElwain. You, you can't just bring up the worst one and be like, that's a good argument. No. 
But Dave Miranda is a very good coach. I love what he's done with Baylor. I love what he's done there with just the system, everything, changing the culture there. Of course, Matt Rule started it. Dave Miranda pretty much finished it and keeping this team constantly competitive, never dying, never stopping. And I, I love what he's done there. And I think his defense can translate easily to Florida because we saw it work with LSU and they're kind of similar in their fronts that they show. So I think that Dave Miranda would be a pretty seamless transition here and a significant upgrade on the defensive side of the ball where there are plenty of young, talented offensive minds to play offense to be your offensive coordinator. So Dave Miranda secures your defense for years while bringing in other offensive coordinators as they then move on for head coaching jobs, which I am totally content with. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Or again, like I mentioned, in my case, my cat stands in front of my screen as I'm playing PGA. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, that's how it happens. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software, you swine. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash NCAA. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about prize picks? PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. PrizePix offers every sport you can think of. You ready? I'm talking NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB when they're playing, soccer, MMA, and more. PrizePix offers more college football props than anyone in the world, and I promise you they're already very, very difficult to find just anywhere that you look I've tried. You can get power five players like Emory Jones, Anthony Richardson, Jacob Copeland, Damian Pierce. You just shouldn't do. <laughs> I'm sorry. And you can get smaller school players like Bryce Mitchell, Bryant Kobach. You could you could do those things. PrizePix allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on Damian Pierce carries, which you shouldn't, with the under on Colin Castleton blocks, which you shouldn't. And the same entry. Don't hesitate. Check out prizefix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Prizefix is daily fantasy made easy. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are free and available on all platforms wherever you listen to podcasts. Now we're going to take a quick look at which staff may be retained with Dan Mullen leaving or Dan Mullen being fired from the University of Florida. These are not the three most likely or the three favorite. They're just three guys that I would like to highlight for different reasons. One, Tight end coach Tim Brewster. He's also the assistant head coach. He is one guy that I really want to talk about here because, and I mentioned in the last segment, talented recruiter, a, a very talented recruiter, but one hell of a tight end developer. His biggest claim to fame as a coach has been being the guy that really helped Antonio Gates become Antonio Gates. And Tim Brewster has very openly said, Florida's already tight end you. But imagine it now with him there long-term. Guys like Jonathan Odom can develop there. Kimori Gamble's had a huge year this year, and he's improved significantly. So we can have guys like Tim Brewster come in or stay and continually develop the tight end position. 
that is going to be huge, especially because tight end is kind of making a comeback in college football right now as a position that people are like, you know what? We should exploit the hell out of a defense with these guys because they're getting more athletic and they're no longer outdated. Next up, linebacker coach slash defensive coordinator, Christian Robinson. Christian Robinson is someone who, when Todd Grantham got fired, Christian Robinson was promoted to defensive coordinator. Didn't have a, didn't, didn't have a fantastic start to his play calling career, of course, but the Missouri game was much improved. And Christian Robinson is a young, promising coach. It's been relayed to me by multiple people on multiple different occasions that the Florida, that the University of Florida administration loves Christian Robinson from top to bottom. Christian Robinson is someone that they love and they want to keep. And let's say that Florida does hire a more offensive-minded head coach. Maybe keep Christian Robinson as your linebackers coach. Maybe bring him on as your defensive coordinator, which we'll see. Uh, again, the Florida State game is going to be big for Christian Robinson, but so I want to see that work out. But looking at Christian Robinson's potential to stay here, if he's willing to stay on as a linebacker coach, I think it's very possible that that's what happens because if he – Let's say they have a let's say Florida Gators have a bad defensive game against Florida State. That'd be two very bad defensive games and one okay defensive game. I, I don't think you're going to get a defensive coordinator job at that point. What are you just going to follow Dan Mullen wherever he goes if he's going to be a head coach somewhere else and then you take on the linebacker coach or DC job there? No, just be the linebacker coach for Florida again. You know they love you. You know they have a future. And if there's an offensive-minded coach. There's a future for you to be the defensive coordinator at some point. If there's a defensive-minded coach, you can stay and be the linebacker coach or defensive coordinator, whatever title they give you, and then you can develop and leave and maybe get a head coaching job somewhere else. Look what Dave Aranda did with LSU. He was a defensive coordinator for LSU, and then he left to get a head coaching job for Baylor. It's a common route that people take. So why not Christian Robinson? He's already so young, and I mean, I don't want to say he's proven anything, but people have liked him for years. He's been here for years and he's been well-liked and well-respected. And he's been a very valuable piece to recruiting for a team that hasn't been good at it and would be worse without him. Next up and the final name that I'm going to mention today might talk even more about staff to retain later this week or next week, wide receiver coach, Billy Gonzalez. I think that this is the least realistic retention of the three because I think he's... I, I think Billy Gonzalez is someone who he's done a fantastic job with Florida and Mississippi state. He gets guys into the league and he gets guys that last in the league. You look at guys like at that come to Florida and it's like, Oh, he probably doesn't have too much of a future in the NFL. And then they last years. And it's like, why? Well, I mean, obviously at this point, we can't say that they've lasted years, but people like Freddie Swain was not very highly looked upon coming out of college got drafted by the Seahawks, and now he's one of their starting receivers, even though he doesn't have a ton of production. No one really does on that team. But Billy Gonzalez gets guys to the NFL, and look at how many players have left Florida over the past couple of years and gotten drafted or signed an undrafted free agency and been on NFL active rosters since Billy Gonzalez got here. I'm not saying it's all him, but he he's a great developer. I'm not going to speak about recruiting in that regard because I'm not going to speak in facts there, but I know that he can develop these receivers to be NFL receivers. And that's huge, but I think it's the least realistic because he's the passing game coordinator and the wide receivers coach. I think it's very possible that a big school or that a small school or medium school offers him an offensive coordinator's job, or maybe a school like 
I, I'm just going to throw a big – like Alabama, like, a, like an elite program, offers him the passing game coordinator job there and wide receiver coach job there. And it's like, well, if you have to pick between Nick Saban or a university in turmoil, you very well might pick Nick Saban. And I, I wouldn't doubt it. So that's why I say I think he's the least likely because I think he's got – the most chance of getting a job with more responsibility on the horizon elsewhere. Again, those aren't all of the names we're going to talk about more. Like we'll talk about guys like Nick Savage, who is the strength and conditioning coach. And I get, he's not necessarily like the staff that would retain. He's, he's a university guy, but Florida players, if you were not on social media yesterday, I suggest you go back and look at guys like Antonio Valentino, you look at guys like Javon Dexter. You look at guys like Rashad Torrance II. second. You look at pretty much every Gators player that is active on social. I don't even want to say active on social media because I forgot I had tweet notifications on for Rashad Torrance II second until he tweeted yesterday. And I was like, oh, damn, he hasn't tweeted in a long time. So that's why I didn't even realize I still had notifications on. But they were all tweeting hashtag keep savage. They all want Nick Savage to stay with the Florida Gators. And can you blame them? He's done a great job. He's been here. I, I'm assuming he's going to stay, which is why I didn't really include him. But like, we'll talk about him too, for sure. There's no doubt about that. Again, these aren't all the names. These are just three of the top names to talk about. Not the three top, but three of the top guys. Anybody else make money this weekend? I know I did. I Actually, depends. Saturday, Sunday, not so much. Yesterday, hmm. I'm just gonna let you know. I'm just gonna let you know my, my daytime parlay. I, I I got it banging banging. Um, Florida has not helped me at all. Not this weekend. Not last weekend. Not the weekend before that. Not the weekend before that. Not the weekend before that. None of that. But Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code locked on. That is L O C K E D, no space, O N. So I ain't going to lie to you. Um, it is currently very late, and I am recording right now with two minutes left in the second half of the Florida versus Cal game. Florida is currently winning 78 to 57. It is a blowout. Um, I need to get up early for work tomorrow, so I figured I would record this third segment of the show. Uh, I'll give it more play throughout the rest of the week, and I'll keep covering the Florida Gators, of course, basketball team, as they improve to 4-0 and to start the year. And my damn, do they look good. Colin Castleton today, or well, currently, has 16 points, 8 rebounds on 6 of 11 shooting. He started the day off pretty well shooting-wise. He was two for six, I believe, at one point. It, it was a little rough, but at the same time, he was being more aggressive and creative in the paint than I think I've ever seen him be. And I know that even the commentators were like, oh, like he used to do that in Michigan a little bit, but it looked a little different. It's like, yeah, it looked a little bit different. He put, he put a little something on his moves today. He was working on up and unders and spins and hooks. And it was really cool. It's really great to see Colin Castleton be a more aggressive scorer because as we face this better competition, and Cal's not a bad team. I'm not saying that they're not good, but I'm saying when we face teams like Kentucky, it, we're, we're going to need to have someone who can really take over at that point. And that could be Colin Castleton or the next likely person to be would be Myron Jones right now. He's got 13 points. And in the first half, he was 
cooking, cooking. He was just nailing them from three. And again, like his his shots a little funky, a little weird looking. But I mean, if you've ever seen me shoot a basketball, which I hope to God none of you ever do see, um, it it it's it's pretty ugly. Um, but his go in a lot more than my shots do. But I'm really just impressed with this defense constantly pressuring the ball constantly pressuring whether it's off ball on ball whatever it may be just full court pressing the entire game and i wanted to actually talk about real quick just how impressive it is that guys like colin castleton and anthony deruji play so much and myron jones and tyree appleby how much they play so much or how much they play so much it's impressive how they play so much with such a full court press defense and such attacking defense and harassing defense it, it, it's really great I do think that this Gators team is going to make maybe not a deep run into the March Madness tournament, which hopefully they do. But I, I think right now, just watching early in this game and watching other basketball games and trying to compare Florida to the other teams, uh, I, I want to say this is at the very worst. Uh, if we don't go Sweet 16 at least, I'll be incredibly disappointed. Uh, but I think we can go Elite Eight, maybe Final Four. Maybe Natty. I'm just I'm I'm being hopeful, but I'm just saying that this is a very good team because they move the ball pretty well through one another. They there's not selfish basketball here most of the time. We've seen it happen every now and then with Brandon McKissick and Flanders Fleming, where they just get a little a little solo dolo oriented. Um, but that, I mean that that happens every now and then. But defensively, this team has all the makings and all the workings of being a true championship contender if they can get an offense that's a little more consistent they're gonna be unstoppable and they got in foul trouble early in the game too and i was like oh gosh like because colin castleton got a couple early fouls uh anthony derugi had a couple of fouls within like 30 seconds of each other so i was thinking like oh like like if those two guys get in foul trouble we we could be in for a rough one but then uh, florida just did an insane florida thing and they went on a run to end the first half, and it was just lightning in a bottle with this team. And I'm loving every little bit of it. Tyree Appleby is not a stat sheet stuffer necessarily, but the hustle and the effort and the playmaking ability is there. This team is damn good, and I cannot wait. CJ Felder played more time, played more minutes uh, last night than he did in any game so far this season. I think he's averaging like two minutes a game to this point. And then he came in and he, he played a pretty good game. He was aggressive offensively. He was aggressive defensively. He was attacking the boards. We know that he's hated playing center. That's one of the reasons he transferred from Boston college. Thank you. AJ black of locked on Boston college for, you know, going through that with me once CJ Felder first transferred here, but CJ Felder, he hated playing center, but he's fine playing power forward. He's fine doing some of the dirty work. He's fine doing whatever, but he's a very good player. And we, we've got a lot of players on this team that are going to contribute to a hopefully potentially deep run there are now 15 seconds left and the gators are up at 80 to 59 so i think it's i mean i don't want to say it's safe to say they cover because the spread when i got it was 19 and a half and it's only 21 right now so we'll see but i do want to say that this team is just so damn good and mike white is doing a better job than honestly i've ever seen him do or that i even thought he would do the gators are off until sunday where they take on troy which is currently four and two so this isn't going to be a blowout. It's not like Troy's a small school. You know, college basketball is anywhere where there's small schools that you don't know in other sports or you don't follow in other sports, and they're just monstrous in basketball. Look at St. Bonaventure over here, and of course, I'm going to bring them up. But look at St. Bonaventure over here, and it's like, well, they're not a they're not a great team that you think about, 
but or they're not a big school you think about, but they're a top 25 team right now. And Florida has officially won the game 80 to 60. They covered the spread, which is very important for moi, but they also begin the year officially 4-0. The number 23 ranked Gators are going to continue climbing, hopefully. And I am just I'm so excited and so thankful and so grateful to be able to cover this team because they're nasty. And I cannot wait to see what they do. And I'm so excited for Colin Castleton because, I, I mean, I loved him last year, but I am going to really love what he's going to do this year if he can keep it up, go, if he can keep going with such a consistency that he's been going at. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. Don't miss out tomorrow where we'll get started on Florida State. And I cannot wait for it. And, oh, man. I'm so excited for a hopeful win. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with handicapping expert and expert analysis. From Lee Sterling for Locked On Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole9 Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And be sure to check out my pinned tweet, and let me know why Florida Gators have the best fan base in all of college sports. I will see you all tomorrow.